When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dear Black Girl. And if you're tuning in for the first time, basically this is a podcast where black women come on and tell their stories via a playlist that we create. And yeah, so (laughs) today's guest is all the way from North Carolina. She's a talented singer and songwriter. Um, She's currently on tour with Ari Lennox and she is super dope. So everyone, please welcome Michaela Jeanette. Hi. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. How's everything been lately? I keep telling everyone it feels like I'm in a scene in my own movie. Like <laughs> when you see like the montage, like at the beginning of, of like maybe like a star is born or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it feels like. It's It's been great. So I know uh, right now you're in L.A., right? Yes. So LA what's LA. that transition been like coming from North Carolina to L.A.? Um, it's been such a transition that I named my whole project Carolina Blues. <laughs> um, it was indeed a transition. I come from a, a small military town. So mm-hmm. coming from there to a big city, um, I did a lot of learning um, about myself. Um, a lot of new experiences that I hadn't experienced prior to moving to L.A. So it was just like a big, I keep telling people, um, it's kind of like, it felt like college, but not college, but college, like of life, I guess. <laughs> Just like all rolled into one. It it was definitely a transition. So was it scary when you had to like pack your bags and leave just to set foot on uncharted territory in like this big ass city? It wasn't scary at first um, because I was so ready to go. Like I love North Carolina and I love like my family. I love the place, but it was too small for where like I wanted to go, mm-hmm. and um, I was I had my bags packed months before I even knew <laughs> when I was gonna leave oh, or how ready, I was gonna ready. get there. Like I was ready, <laughs> ready. Like my bags, my my faith was there before I before my feet even touched the ground. Like I was so ready to go, but then I think it hit me when I got to the airport and I realized I was like going alone. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah, that's really wait scary. a minute, this is scary. But I was. Um, blessed enough to um, know people prior to moving there, and I it wasn't long before I was acclimated into like um, really good good uh, crowds of friends and um, people to work with too as well. Because I will say, uh, North Carolina is fun when you're little. But when you become an adult, yeah, it's just like when you're little running around barefoot and playing in ditches and like trying great. to find peach trees, peach jumping trees. in creeks, all that. It's fun. Eating honeysuckle. Did you? I don't know if you had yes, honeysuckles. Yeah, <laughs> my mom hooked me onto that. Yeah, and then like they would, she would try to get me to like tie up a June bug and fly June it around bug? and oh all that. Oh my god, that is yeah. But then I got to a certain age where I was like, I don't want to. I'm bored. Yeah, it's, <laughs> if you're not doing those things, it's pretty much it's nothing like, else to do. Like. Around the time you become a teenager, it's just like, okay, it's time it's like, to go. like, oh, yeah, there were, are there concerts coming here? No, you have to drive two, three hours, four to the, hours. To the bigger to the city. Bigger city which aren't that there. big compared to other cities. Absolutely. So, like, my first, like, real concert experiences were 
when I came to L.A., honestly. Really? Yeah. I mean, part of that was because of, you know, small town. And the other part was I was in church, like, Monday through Sunday. Oh, so God, I hated that. that. <laughs> yes. So I would, spend, I would spend the um, summers with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I used to tell people, like, the reason I probably don't go to church as much now is because I spent my entire childhood in church, like, Listen. every Day. I go to Bedside Baptist, so I understand. And no one understood <laughs> that. It is like, yeah, we go to church Monday for what? I don't know. No, Monday girl, to Sunday. I was I don't there know. every day. And like we had a really, um, one thing I'm grateful about, though, um, I feel like it kind of prepared me in a way um, for the music, um, like for shows and stuff, was our youth department was like really, really active. Like mm-hmm. we did shows and concerts like all the time. So it was because of that, like my weekends were always taken up. So I feel like the first, the first people I ever even saw in kind of concert was a kind of concert that they did for military was B2K. <laughs> It was like the first screen B2K tour. Was making memories. Like, it was, but listen to how random the lineup was, though, because it was for the military. It was B2K, Leanne Rhymes, and Billy Bob Thornton. Why? <laughs> I guess they wanted to get every ass that they wanted to get all the, Leanne military. Rhymes was amazing, though. Like, I, I'll never forget, like, hearing her live. She sounds amazing. But um, yeah, that was the most That's random hilarious. first, like, experience and it was because it came to us <laughs> yeah that that's actually very hilarious yeah because so like I, yeah screen tour one before b2k was a thing that was my first tour because all i knew was bow wow and then these four kids yep. came i'm like who is they and <laughs> a year later girls going crazy girls over them going crazy i just knew i was gonna marry half of them so really I, just, I really didn't feel that way about them I was like, oh, I love Omarion. <laughs> that was the one everyone happy. loved. He's like, I love Omarion and Lil Fizz. Those are the two everyone loved. And I yeah. think it was Jay Boog that when you got older, you realized, oh, he was the one. Yes, he was a hidden one. Exactly. <laughs> everyone says that. Like, oh, I love Jay Boog. I love Jay Boog. And then, like, see, it's, this is why I love Jay Boog. <laughs> it took you guys served to see that. For me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, he's in the for music sure. <laughs> You know what's funny? Speaking of you guys, Serge, one of the venues that we played in um, on tour, as soon as I walked in, I was like, this looks like the place off of you guys, Serge. <laughs> <laughs> it looked just like the place off of you guys, Serge. It was hilarious. Okay, so, so let's let's get into your song. So what's song number five? Uh, song number five, um, I'll have to say half of this is probably going to be Mariah Carey. Jesus Christ. <laughs> She's been given my whole life. Um, Mariah Carey, um, Butterfly, because being in a small town and, like, I always felt like I used to feel a little misunderstood, like, because I dreamt so big. I was introverted, but I dreamt really big Mm -hmm. in a way that a lot of I felt like my peers didn't quite understand me. So... Um, so quite a bit of her catalog kind of falls into that place. Um, so with Butterfly feeling like trapped and just wanting to leave and spread your wings and fly. And yeah, that's I feel like I cry listening to that song. How did you get introduced to it? Um, I don't even know. Actually, I don't even remember. Honestly, I don't remember. I feel like I don't remember a time when Mariah Carey wasn't. But yeah, I don't even remember. <laughs> I think I knew, you know what it is? I knew about it 
when I was younger, for sure. But I think, you know, when you hear music later, like it years later, it makes more sense. Yeah. Like, by the time I was a teenager, I was like, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to spread my wings and fly. Like, I, I, I got it, like, even more. Like, it resonated with me. So, so what was that conversation like with your family when you were trying to tell them, like, I kind of want more than this and I have to leave? They were very supportive. Like, like I said, they they had the going away dinner months before I even left. Like, <laughs> they, that's how supportive they like really were. Um, uh, my producer um, is deputy. He produced like Brianna's Bitch, but I have my money records for Cole, for J Cole, and um, many other artists. Um, and I had been working with him for a while. And he had told my parents he was like if she wants to take her music to the next level, because I had been working with him prior to that as a writer. He's like, if she wants to take her music to the next level, then um, L.A. is where it's at. And they were like, cool, what what do we need to do? Like, what arrangements do we need to make? Like, they were super supportive and still are that's, very supportive. That's amazing, because a lot of people don't have that. Yeah, it's, it's a blessing. Uh, my mom... Um, I grew up watching her sing in the church, so she kind of, like, already has a, a heart for performing arts anyway, so she mm-hmm. understood it, you know what I'm saying? Like, even though her field um, of work is in education, she still, like, has that part of her that loves the arts and is super supportive of it. Me, Both me and my brother um, are artistic and creative. So That's fire. So yeah. when did you realize you had a talent for writing? Um, the talent for writing, you know it's funny, because I, <laughs> because I was in church from like Monday through Sunday, <laughs> I used to like play around as a kid. I used to like take, like this is when you know you spend a lot of time in church. Secular songs. I would take like my favorite R and B songs and like turn them gospel, uh-huh. like rewrite them. <laughs> like, uh- <laughs> and I'm looking back now. I'm like, those were writing exercises. <laughs> yes. Um, but then I think I realized I had the talent for writing when I decided to do music. I'm like, well, to do music, I have to have my own songs. Well, let me write songs. And it started to get like attention. Mm-hmm. And I, I sent them to, a, um, to, um, a friend of the family. His name is, um, Q in Atlanta. He was a friend, um, to my aunt at the time who lives in Atlanta. And I sent him, he sent me some tracks and I like recorded, wrote to him and recorded to him. He was like, wow, you, you know, you got something here. And he in turn sent what I sent him to Deputy, the producer I work with now. And he was very, very um, like impressed with my writing. So I started working with him as a writer first. So yeah, that was like the whole journey. I, it, it surprised me. <laughs> I didn't know at all that I would be good at it. So if you... If you think you didn't go after this, what do you think you'll be doing right now? Um, if I so I'm a huge, huge nerd. So if I always tell people if I wasn't artistically creative at all, because I also draw and I also was really into fashion illustration and design. So if I wasn't artistically creative at all, I definitely would be like an Egyptologist. Or like, <laughs> that's yeah, actually t- funny because I I love Egyptologists. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, that's why I studied history in college. I love history. <laughs> okay, so 
we're like best friends <laughs> because I've never bonded with anyone <laughs> over loving history. <laughs> like, what is this? I love history. Like, my friends will tell you, like, I have a bunch of just random historical fun facts just mm. out of nowhere. Like, even being here in New York, I'm looking at buildings. I'm like, yeah, that's 19th century architecture. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, my, my friends used to hate it because I think... Uh, high school, I will always fall asleep in history class, but, like, I'll wake up and just answer a question or tell them the year. He's like, why do you know this? I was like, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I just, just full I just kind of information. Yeah, like, I learned it when I was younger, and I never forgot it. Same. I, I love history. I love um, studying, like, anthropology, people from different cultures and regions, uh, geographically. Like, I just love, I love information in general. I love information. So I definitely would be, like, somewhere in that field, like, excavating mummies or something. Yes. And, oh, my God. I don't think it's as fun in real life as it looks on TV. Not at all. It looks, first of all, it's hot as hell. And then, like, you're in the dirt. Yeah. You might not find nothing. I think you spend most of your life digging and finding nothing. Nothing. Yeah. But I was like, but the idea of finding it and then, like... Movies just dramatize so much. So much. That's probably nothing. <laughs> nothing movie, like it. Movies are what inspired me to do half the things I've done. <laughs> like moving to New York. Like right. I thought I was gonna be like Save the Last Dance too. <laughs> um, working out hot. I thought I was gonna be like Brown Sugar. <laughs> like, Listen, I love. First of all, I love Brown Sugar. It is one of my favorite movies ever. Let me just start there. And Save the Last Dance is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> you still learn all the dance. Yeah. Your friends, what are we talking about? <laughs> Song, number <laughs> <laughs> Song number four. Song number four would have to be uh, the very first song I led in church. It was pretty monumental. It was a song called Saints Go Up in Worship by, I think, an artist named Kevin Davidson. I think that was his name, yeah. Kevin Davidson. First song I ever led. How did you learn the song? I heard it on an album. Like, my mom was over the youth choir. Mm -hmm. And so she was always going through new songs to learn. And this particular song was, like, my favorite song. And every time she would play it, I'm like, I want to tell her it's my favorite song. (laughs) But I don't want her to make me sing it. (laughs) How do I do this? (laughs) And so, like... She played all the time, and I, I learned it, and I'm just like, oh, my God. And so I, I had enough courage to kind of sing it for her. And she's like, Kayla, you have to you have to sing that. Like, you have to lead. I'm like, no, Mom, I can't. Like, I can't. I'm too scared. Like, she's like, Kayla, please, like, please, please. And then I had a dream. All around. This is all around the same time, too. I had a dream of um, God sent an angel to tell me to sing and not to be afraid and to use my voice and if I did so he paved the way and from that point forward I was like well I can't say no to that (laughs) (laughs) I cannot say no to that how do you turn that down and um I led my first solo after that and it was that song Saints Go Up in Worship you were 14 right Mm -hmm. what was that feeling like I remember my mom she was um, directing the choir. I just kept my eyes on her the whole time. I was like, don't look at anything <laughs> else or anyone else. Just keep your eyes on her. She's just like, look at me. And I was just like, I made a vow. <laughs> just like shit. And oh then, like, I think I, it hit me that I was even doing it. And then the, the congregation was really, really responding really well. 
Next thing you know, everyone's crying. Everyone's falling out. You know how it is in church. Yeah. Everyone's crying. So Every, yeah, it was Especially like... Especially in the South. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it was a whole moment. Like, people were bringing money up to me, and that's probably when I... <laughs> like, wait a minute. I might have something. Okay. All right. No, because I remember growing up, uh, my great-grandma, she made... All of her kids and her grandkids be in a choir. Yes. All of us. It's like mandatory. You don't even have a choice. You're just... It was forced. Yeah. And, like, even if you didn't want to... Like, we had rehearsals, $2 if you can't rehearse. rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> $2 was a long way to 90 <laughs> And then, like, I remember um, there was a song... It's called Learning to Lean. I could not tell you who sings it. It was an old song. And I remember, like, the way she would, like, uh, learn lyrics for songs. Like, she'll write them down. Mm-hmm. She'll play it over and over. But she doesn't know how to play the song on the piano. I don't know what that is. Damn, that they be, that grandmas and great-grandmas yeah, have in the know. South. They just know how to play music. No. So I remember we had, like, it was one of those. I remember practicing the song with her. And um, she was playing the piano. And it was, like, I guess that intermission time. Mm-hmm. Before someone had to sing, and she started playing a song, and I just got up and started singing the song because it was just like what we did, and uh-huh. she was just shocked that I just got up and started singing her friends <laughs> in front of everyone. And then my cousins hated me ever since that because after that she she formed the second version of her grand her great grandchildren you choir. <laughs> You and started we, something. And for like three years, we had to sing like every fourth Sunday in church. <laughs> <laughs> they were all. Well, wait, y'all sang every fourth Sunday? Every fourth Sunday. You sang, youth choir sang every fourth Sunday. It was like youth Sunday or every fourth Sunday. That is crazy. Was, oh my God. That is so crazy. That is exactly how it happened. Every fourth Sunday was youth Sunday. And oh my God. We got to wear jeans on the fourth Sunday. No, yeah. could never. You couldn't yet wear, it, wear it at all. No, no. Fourth, fourth Sundays were the cha- were the time we could wear like t shirts and jeans. We were kind of radical though. Like never. We would have like costumes, pantyhose, like, stockings, whatever outfits. Great grandma found at the um, yard sales. Or she I made. remember the pantyhose because hot in the you'd summer. wake up in the morning and you'd be like, "Damn it, I gotta run in my stockings." Mm-hmm. And my mom like, why didn't you tell me the night before when I was getting stockings? <laughs> now I have to leave. Now I'm gonna be late to church, so I have to leave and go get stockings. Stockings. Uh, I think my aunt put me Jesus. on. She's like, just put nail polish on it. It'll yeah, stop just the run. Put nail polish. <laughs> It'll stop the run in its tracks. <laughs> you be trying to turn it around and put the run in the back of your legs. <laughs> It'll be so hot with all these yes. clothes on. Like, do we really got it? And they don't have it. They don't. They might have AC now. But in the 90s and 2000s, they did not have AC in Southern churches. I don't even know the last time I bought a pair of stockings. Jesus. No. At all. I'm just grateful for the relationship that I have now. <laughs> God, that doesn't require stockings. Monday through Sunday and Being stockings. Being in church all the time. Yeah. You know? And dressing. And oh my God. It was God. just the absolute most. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. But, it, you know, it made us who we are. It was a lot. It was amazing, though, because, like, that's the only place where I always, I always wonder, like, am I ever going to catch the Holy Ghost? Because you see all these people running up and down. <laughs> am I ever going to And it's, like, just crying. And I remember my um, cousin was just like, I'm going to fake it one day. <laughs> <laughs> and she started crying. And my aunt was just like, girl, are you okay? She's like, 
feel it. Listen, <laughs> I have listen. I have definitely done that to get out of it because they're really trying to force it, and you're like, oh my god, please stop, please stop, <laughs> don't come to me, don't come to me. They just start. And they stop and they fall, and it's like, and then like I remember one time he came and he touched. I was like, no, he tried to push me. He tried to push me down. I don't feel it. Listen, I listen. I complete. I remember one time they even like, oh wow, the spirit is moving. They like passed the microphone to me to like sing it was a it was an old song and when i tell you i only knew the beginning of it i didn't know the rest of it i just act like the spirit moved <laughs> i was just like yes and they all start singing for you yeah they start singing for me and i was like yes because i do not know those words why would you do that to me <laughs> definitely pulled that before i mean no i didn't god <laughs> forgive oh me my god. forgive me <laughs> song number three Song number three, um, oh, damn. I don't know if it's going to be a song. Can I say Brandy's whole Full Moon album? <laughs> I, I Try to pick one song, song okay, one off song of it. Full Moon album. Um, um, when you touch, I'll pick When You Touch Me because I, I used to love that song. Um, but that album was so profound because when I first decided to do music and um, I was, I first met a deputy he was like, you need to go get this album. If you want to be able to write and vocal produce your records and be able to hear all that needs to go on in the background, you need to listen to this album. And I studied the hell out of that album and listened to it front and back. I know every ad lib, every song. Like, So probably When You Touch Me, that's, one of, that's the first one I think of off the album yeah i remember that that's when like she first like came back from her high her first hiatus mm-hmm. after leaving us with moesha yeah and all that and she was like older and she was like grown like mm-hmm. that is like everyone refers to the album as like the vocal well she's a vocal bible anyway but that that album is like what you study when you want to make great songs yeah so what was the feeling like when you first listened to that album I, it was like hearing music for the first time because I I had loved music prior to that. Like, I was listening to Brandy. I was listening to Monica, Maya, Destiny's Child. Uh, the all Boy that kind Is of Mine. Stuff. <laughs> the Boy Is Mine. Like, I loved, I loved Whitney Houston. God, I love Whitney Houston. Um, I was listening to Tony Bryce. I was listening to everything. I just loved music. But I was, for the first time, I was paying attention mm-hmm. to the actual, like, musical arrangement and vocal arrangement and it was like hearing things for the first time like wow all of that stuff is going on in the background i didn't even think of all those harmonies and all the movement and it was just like oh amazing like i still like i still listen to it to to this day and i'm like damn she thought of all of that stuff in the background her and rodney jerkins and Lashawn daniels like it's amazing it's a I always Classic. think I always think about that, like when people put together like their arrangements mm-hmm. for like their, not even just their albums, just their live shows. Like, okay, I'm gonna use Beyonce for example. Yes, Beyonce live concerts are freaking amazing, and it's just it's not I even her singing; it's just the way she arranges all the mm-hmm. music to flow. Like one song flows into another song that flows into her direction. song, yeah. and I'm just like, who sits down and thinks about all this? Yeah. <laughs> It's especially in a, at a Beyonce show where it's like two hours long like when you're watching like the Coachella performance like damn someone had to 
sit. Well, I'm, I'm a team of people. Yeah. But still, it's. And then, like, how, like, even, like, it's like, even, like, when she does the concerts with Jay, I'm just like, who sits down and figures out which song from which category mm-hmm. to go with this song to go into that to transition into this and it's then to a, add this other song into this? I was like, yo, this, sound, this is dope. I need this on an album. Album. <laughs> but uh, this sounds intense. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely, like, a gift within itself. Like, that alone is is definitely a gift. So amazing. So amazing. So let's get into song number two. Song number two. Um, Let's see. This is going to seem, like, probably random. But maybe I love Aaliyah. Mm -hmm. So, Aaliyah, are you that somebody? That's the song that everyone learned to dance to. Yeah. I definitely learned to dance. It was definitely doing it front TV. Yeah, for sure. That's that's the song that everyone just knows the the first sixteen counts. Yes, of that song. I would say that one because I remember buying the Doctor Doodle the Doctor Doodle Do soundtrack. soundtrack. I didn't buy a lot of albums growing up, but that was definitely one of them. <laughs> the whole Doctor Doodle soundtrack was definitely one of them. So yeah, maybe Ali already did somebody. So what is it about that song? Um. The baby, duh. (laughs) 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 Um, Maybe just what it meant to me, because it was one of the first songs I ever, like, purchased. Okay. So, yeah. That's fire. Like, meant a lot. I was like, Mom, can I I please get this? Aaliyah, like, I gotta get this song. And just Timbaland's production. I've been in love, like, even in my own music, um... Me and Deputy are very much inspired by like '90s um, R&B and production and um, melodies for sure. And Timbaland and Missy are like one of my favorite. Like they're amazing for sure. Like my yeah. first album was um, it wasn't even an album. That's when they were putting out the singles. Mm-hmm. Mine was Missy Elliott's Hot Boys. Ah uh, yes, but the Hot remix. Boys. So I learned the remix yes. before I learned the original song. Right. But I was just like, and my mom just gave it to me one day, and I was like, oh my god, this is my first CD. Yeah. <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> I was so excited because I think my stepdad already had a Doctor Doodle soundtrack, but for some reason, I just couldn't. I couldn't find a CD. I found the cassette. I couldn't find a CD, yeah. but it was actually in like the five disc CD changer. I just didn't know at the time. Like, yeah, we I was like it all the way. We're naming cassettes. <laughs> Changes. Like I was like, all supposed to eight. be like, what are those? <laughs> no, what are those? We don't know what those are. <laughs> oh girl, I definitely know what all that is. Cause like, okay, so growing up, my mom had this big black thing that had like tapes in the cassette tapes. Yeah, full of cassette tapes. I know exactly so what you're is, talking about. <laughs> this is how I got introduced to everybody. So like, um, her, her go-to's were um, uh, Tupac. Okay, it's I can't think of the album, but it was a Tupac album. It was a um, Gladys Knight album, mm-hmm. and I don't remember what the rest were. But those were the two that we all she always, always, always played. Cause like when we first moved from North Carolina to DC, mm-hmm. every weekend we'll go back, and every weekend you could hear Midnight Train to Georgia <laughs> <laughs> playing out this little Honda. <laughs> it got to the point where like I just started. Singing my heart out with her. Right. Every time we meet, it's undeniable. And it it was one of those, like, I I tell people, like, I know Midnight Train in Georgia by heart. Not by choice. Not by choice. (laughs) I just know it. (laughs) Is that, oh, and then the Way to Excel album. Oh, my God, yes. She had that, oh, my God, on repeat, set it all. I had My Funny Valentine up there. I think 
Did Shaka Khan sing that version of it? She did. Um, Shoop. Shoop. Uh, um, why does it hurt so bad? Um, Whitney hurts so bad. One yeah. song that was my favorite that should not have been my favorite as a child was a TLC song. That was <laughs> See? That's one song. But I already liked TLC, but that... That's one song oh that God. should not have been my favorite at that time. Listen, I feel like it was a lot of songs that were our favorites that shouldn't have been our favorites that we look back on now. Like that's what that's that is what that song was talking about. Like, why I was I ever singing that? That was not okay. <laughs> not at all. Like, I think one of the first music videos I remember seeing was uh, Snoop Dogg's. I think it's what's what's my my name is whatever video he turned into the dog. Does turn it? Yes. That yeah. And I love Snoop when I was <laughs> like I love it was bad like I love Snoop I love Tupac and I love TLC that's it I didn't care about no one else you couldn't tell me anything I was Listen. all the two years old out here singing all and rapping all, all of, of this. it all of it was such a great time of music though too like it it was so many artists to love like I blame my mama I loved all of them but the funny thing is like even though I was in church a lot my mom still played. You know, she wasn't she wasn't strict about like not playing, you know, mm-hmm. music and stuff like that in the house. Like, I remember her dropping off drop, dropping us off to school every morning. Um, we would have the radio station on. Um, I can't even remember remember right now, but all the old school songs would play like Earth Wind and Fire, Anita Baker, and all that kind of stuff. So I would get like my taste of all of that like in the car every morning to school. Yeah, that's how my mom sure. is. And then MTV in the mornings getting ready for school. Like, taught me all the rest. (laughs) (laughs) No, my mom taught me both because uh, she was was young. So it was just like she was at that cusp Mm -hmm. of like when it all started, right? The old school stuff. And then, Mm -hmm. like, with my grandma, I think all our, I don't even remember hearing the radio when I was around my grandma. I remember hearing music, but never the radio. Wow. Just like, I know it was a lot of church music. I, I remember church. like listening to the radio. This is this is too much information, but it's whatever. <laughs> I remember listening to the radio with with have like a blank cassette tape ready. Oh, to record, <laughs> and then like no one could talk. And if they talked, you were pissed because you had to sit there and wait. You had to sit there and wait for it to come back on again. And th- when they would like say you're coming back after the commercial break, we're gonna play some da da da. You're like, yes, I'm gonna sit here and wait. Press record. And that's how you made all your mixtapes back in the day. Mm-hmm. I hated that mm-hmm. so much. Like, it, I was so happy when it became so much easier. So much easier. But, like, just to sit there and, like, can nobody talk? Can, I, can nobody I do nothing? And if I miss it, I got to sit here you in front of this You got to sit there all, all over day. again and be laying there on the floor. Like, I think I'm going to play it again this hour. Your just ready. Just... I didn't go play it again. And then, like, you have to make sure you hit the record yep. and play by and the same time. And if you don't, you fucked up. It's like, I just recorded nothing. Like, I just wasted half my day. You had to press them both at the same time. Oh, man. This is not fair. Now we just... Now it's just, like, download. so easy. easy. It's oh, so easy my to put God. together a mixtape world playlist. Back in the day, it was hard. It was hard. It was a struggle. Like, you really... I think that's what the value of music really comes into play because... Of course, it's way more valued than because it was so much to acquire it, you know, mm-hmm. versus now. Like, I love the accessibility now, like, it, especially as an artist. Lot, I love how accessible, <laughs> you know, I am to the listener and the listener is to me. But, man, it was definitely more, like, valued because you had to do so much to even get it. Like, Yes. But I, I will say now, like, 
even though it's accessible, it's just a lot. It, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It can be oversaturated it's, because it's, it's it can so, be overwhelming mm-hmm. at times. And it, it, there's always a new song. There's always something yeah. coming out. It's like I just mm-hmm. got through this. Like oh my god. Yeah, and songs go. almost don't even get a chance to like really like live to like marinate and marinate. Yeah, and like define a moment in someone's life. It's because just, by the time that song has been played ten times, a whole new one that's coming out. Right after it, so. I think that's like the only sad part of it. Yeah, for sure. Like, for well, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, that's what inspired I mean. your project, Carolina Blues? Um, what inspired my project? <clears throat> well, like I said before, the transition from Carolina to LA, I was having a lot of new experiences. I was obviously following my dream, and I fell in love for the first time. So basically, I was just falling on my face. <laughs> so that was fun. No, that's that was never just fun. Like fun. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I, I got to write about this. No, um, that combined with like following my dream and stuff, I was feel I felt like I was getting inundated with a lot of um, information about what I was being told I should be, mm-hmm. or should sound like, or you know, I don't know. It was just like a lot of like things coming at me at once that was kind of confusing all at once. It was like, what am, uh, who am I? Is Should I be more like this? Should I be more like that? And it was just like, ah, let me just get rid of everything, any preconceived notion, any other input, and just like strip everything down and get down to the bottom of who I am, what I want, what do I want my message to be, what mark do I want to leave behind? And I like really took some time like soul searching and I was writing in a journal. Like I have a whole... Uh, journal that I even writ- wrote on the front of it, Carolina Blues. Like I already knew what I wanted my project to um, to be titled, and I just really took that time to like dive deeper within myself. And I wrote in it like every day, any random thought, any video idea, any any idea I had, or any um, profound like epiphany I had about myself, I wrote in that journal. And yeah. That was like the beginning of writing process for the whole project. So what have you learned about yourself throughout this process so far? Um, I've learned, man, I learned that I am very, um, the word for it. I learned that, okay, so amongst my friends, I'm often like the counselor and a therapist in a way. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so this project gave me the chance to one, be that for myself first, because I often wasn't that for me, like I was for everyone else. Um, so I learned that and, um, also learned that whoever I am amongst my friends and my family authentically, I want that to shine through in my projects. Like I want people to get the best parts of who I am. If if you knew me and was standing right next to me and knew me personally, I want you to feel that, you know, through the music. And in the process of doing that, um, like I said, I'm often like a therapist amongst my friends. I can see situations from so many different sides. So for instance, there's a um, record on Carolina Blues called Mad Bitches. Very <laughs> sanctified record. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's called Mad Bitches. <laughs> And in the record, it's um, it's not a male bashing record. I'm just talking about basically fellas. 
<laughs> with mad bitches. <laughs> and it's not a male bashing record. It's more so a, a kind of therapy record. I'm I'm getting down to the bottom of why he has mad bitches. I'm not saying it's excusable and it's acceptable, but I understand the issues that he has that has created his behavior now. And that couldn't be a more perfect reflection of who I am because that's how I approach situations in a day-to-day life, just amongst, you know, family and friends too. So that's, that's a good way I, to approach things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's like, uh-uh. <laughs> I know it's almost to a fault because I, I constantly can see stuff from the other side to the point where sometimes I have to give myself more room to be like, no, yes, you see it from their side, but that was wrong and this needs to be acknowledged. And this is your side of the situation, and you're freaking right. Are you a cancer? Yeah. I'm a Virgo. Okay. Because those sound like I cancer think. qualities. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I have cancer on my chart. Maybe I have it in my chart somewhere. But I'm definitely a Virgo. Like, always counseling, helping, service, like, of service all the time. And always right. <laughs> <laughs> Song number one. <laughs> <laughs> I say that. Humbly as possible. <laughs> Song number one, um, Whitney Houston, I Have Nothing. Because what? the bodyguard. Oh, my goodness. Of course. <laughs> Man, like, oh, damn, or should it be the preacher's wife? Yeah. Bodyguard. Yeah, so I have nothing. Why the song? Because the movie. I just love that movie. I was just saying the other day, I was like, uh, um, after the show the other day, um, like the crowd was, um, well, a lot of the shows, the crowds have been very, very responsive. But with this particular one, they were like really, really, really responsive. I was like, yes, it feels like the bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like the scene in the bodyguard. I was like walking through the crowd. <laughs> it was like amazing. Um, that song, because it's freaking Whitney Houston. I don't know. Her voice is just unmatched and man. She was so gifted. She really was. And had, like, a profound impact. Like, I remember being in the mirror and, like, trying to be her. Standing on top of my dresser in the mirror. Because it was that dresser with the mirror attached. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember, like, I she was my first, I feel like my first, um, like, idea of, like, a singer. And a, a, I guess a star. Like, I, I love Winnie Houston. I feel like every... Every black girl has that um, feeling about Whitney. I don't know what or why, mm-hmm. but she was one of a kind during her time. Yeah. No one could sing. Like, and then when her and Mariah Carey teamed up, that was over. <laughs> like, when they did... When You um, Believe, the Prince of Egypt soundtrack? That is my song. Yes. <laughs> Listen. Oh, my God. That probably should have been my number one. Because then it would have combined two of my favorites. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> So I have nothing slashed when you when you believe. Actually, I change it. It's when you believe. What are we talking about? It's when you believe. Oh, yes. Well, I think I didn't even know that was a song until the video came on one day. Oh, my God, I love. I still listen to that song. I do too. I still, I still listen to that song. Oh my God! And I and I I found out like recently. There's like two different videos to it too. Had no idea. I didn't know that. I just thought Listen. it was the one when they were just like like when the brown dresses and they're just walking out. No, there's a whole nother. No, version. it's like behind the scenes and you see her daughter. Oh, and that's the only one I know. Wait a minute. Then there's three. Is there three? I don't know. Same. I just I just know it starts off like there. It's like Selena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
like Selena's performing, but then there's like montages of yes. all this stuff happening behind. Which is that's, also one of my favorite movies. That's like, the one I see. Yes. I freaking love When You Believe. I sh- that should have been number one. That is number one, <laughs> When You Believe. And that it perfectly describes um, my journey, too, because there can't be miracles <laughs> when you believe. <laughs> you could be here sitting here talking to you. <laughs> It was so corny. <laughs> but, but it's so perfect. It. Like, I mean it, though. So how the universe works, because, like, it's those two songs, and that was for the Prince of Egypt, which is about Egypt, and then yes. Egyptology. You saw this that all connect circle. It was you full see circle. what we did there? That is it full was synergy. circle. <laughs> that, see, synergy. Absolutely. That was complete, a complete full circle. Absolutely. When You Believe is my definitely my number one. <laughs> so what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, my God. I want my legacy to be of one of love and inspiration, for sure. That's what I want my legacy to be. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like we're in a time, a very interesting time, um, especially as it pertains to love. <clears throat> I know we all have, like, our, everyone has their their shit and their issues and baggage that we're all dealing with. Um but because we're living in an era of instant gratification, everyone gives up on things so, so easily. We either give up on things too easily or don't know enough of our worth and we stay in things too long. So I just want to like breathe real love back into the world, either love for self or love for another, but all of it, like that's what I want my legacy to be. Is that one of the things that keep you motivated? For sure. It is one of the things that keep me motivated. Um, the response that I get to records um, and the stories that I hear are definitely a huge why. Like if if even if I'm having a moment of like self doubt or like questioning, you know, where I am or who I am, when I get like a message that um, of someone telling me their story of what that song has done for them, you know, this helped me and my wife. I heard someone say that like at the show helped me and my girlfriend or me and my wife or whatever. Or like someone's like, oh, that song helped me. Um, I'm going through, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do in life. And you just, what you said at the end of your show, I felt like you was talking directly to me or whatever the case may be. Those are like my whys. I'm like, see, that's why you mm-hmm. got to do it. That's why you have to push past yourself. That's why you have to stay out the way for this gift to flow, to flow freely because it's who you help in the process that makes it all worth it. So before we go, I always ask people to leave a, Dear Black Girl, open letters. Okay. Um, dear Black Girl, love yourself unapologetically and be patient with yourself and flourish in the best parts of who you are. Sincerely, Michaela Janae.